0: Hi, fam. I'm Katie. And this is Ginny. And we we are are the Gabby Gabby Girls. Girls. Hello, everyone. Hello, Ginny. It is episode six of Gabby Girls. How are you today?
1: I'm so good. Better now talking to you. How are you? I know you had a long weekend, but are you recovering and...
0: Yeah, I'm doing really well. Um, I'm excited. I had a really insane kind of threshold today at at work. Um, I'm working on this huge event where uh, we're selling tickets, and it's like my first standalone event, so it's not under another sponsored event. And um, we had to close ticket sales today, which is like three weeks from when we opened ticket sales, and we thought we were not going to be able to fill the event. So... I am getting real good reviews from my boss today, which is really nice. <laughs>
1: so you crushed it, and you're getting the positive feedback you've been looking for.
0: Yep. Okay, yep. So that love
1: good. that for you. Good for morale. <laughs> yeah. How are you? I'm good. I'm here in Atlanta, leaving for Mexico tomorrow, which I am the kind of person that things don't feel real until, like, I'm there. Like, I won't be excited till I get off the plane, and I'm like, holy shit, I'm in Mexico. Like, right now, it's just, like, oh, I
0: have to pack and do this and that. Um, but, yeah, I'm good. I'm the exact same way because I don't want to have my expectations disappointed. So I will wait until I, feel like, physically get somewhere and then get excited because I don't want to be disappointed if, like, the flight gets delayed or if I can't end up going or something like that happens.
1: I feel that. I used to do that. Like, I'd have to push off my excitement. But now I don't... <laughs> I have a hard time like getting excited about things.
0: So now it's more of Mm -hmm. just like a, when it's real, I'll feel it. Sure. Yeah. So speaking of traveling, I have a question for you. When you're going on a vacation where you know you're going to have to wear a bikini for like days in a row, how do you prep down there?
1: Oh, Um, well, I do, first of all, a lot of exfoliating because and I like, so I'm not, I don't wax or anything, um, or laser. I, I don't know why come to think of it now saying this out loud, but I shave and I always am like before vacation or if I know I'm going to be seeing people. Cause you know, when you shave, you get a little bit of a razor burn. I exfoliate the shit out of myself for like days before I do my final shave, <laughs> um, and then lotion. But yeah, that's my routine.
0: Okay. <laughs> Does everyone have a routine? <laughs> I I would assume people do have a routine because I have a routine and you clearly have a routine. Yeah. So I flipped my routine this time and I think I came up with a really, I don't know, it's not necessarily a hack, it's just a routine, but I came up with a new way of doing it that I'm very pleased with the results. Let's hear it. Okay. So typically I get like a Brazilian or whatever before big trips. Um, this time I did not go in for my trip because a, I'm never super happy with the final product of it. Like it's, it's good, but it's not great. And I find them to be so expensive for like 10 minutes of, of waxing. Like mine goes, I don't know about everyone, but mine goes super fast and it is like, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. And I'm out of there in seven minutes or less.
1: And you're like the kind of person that you you are like I want you to get every single crevice and I want you to take your time. Yeah, and, and I always have right. to
0: pluck, and I'm just like not into yeah. that. Like that's annoying. Wait, I also and remember so you for a
1: while were straight up plucking down there.
0: Yeah, I was because I really <laughs> used to get so frustrated. Yeah, um, that's a little crazy. So a little neurotic, think, like, but that's for therapy. <laughs> Yeah, that was that we worked through that. Um, So I typically just shave like normal, like weekly routine. But this time I had an idea. And now I will be honest this is not for the faint of heart. So if you are not a person that deals with pain very easily, I don't recommend this. But I did the damn thing. I went to CVS and I got wax strips. I got wax strips for $10 and I waxed the edges of my bikini line so that the middle part could grow out after I shaved it and I wouldn't care because it's not going to be showing. But I I waxed like the edges, kind of like a triangle almost kind of thing on both sides. And the results were phenomenal. It was exactly what I needed. It got rid of the hair on like the side. So when everything grew out, you didn't see it, but I didn't get ingrowns. It wasn't super painful. It wasn't expensive. And I just did it in my bathroom floor for like 15 minutes.
1: Wow. So you had like your own control. What? So I have done that before. I've used like the Flamingo brand, I think. And I had amazing results as well. I, I remember I did it one time and I was like, oh, I, I'm never going to shave again. Uh, obviously I've been shaving and I haven't, I haven't kept up with that, but it is pretty nice because you have control. Like, you know what you need done. You know where you want shit pulled from. So that makes sense. So you'll be doing that now. That's your new routine. Yeah, and I'm
0: I'm really into it. And especially moving to Florida, I was thinking, I was like, oh, am I going to have to just start getting Brazilians all the time? Laser. That's what they do down there. I know, but I've heard, like, some people who, you know, like, I don't know. I think that's just a commitment. That's like a permanent solution to, and I'm not a very hairy person. I'm just going to put that out there. I'm not, mm-hmm. I've very, very, I have very, very, very light hair. So that's not even like a problem that I am consistently faced with. Like I'm not, you know, so I don't, I'm hesitant to do laser, but I think this wax shave combo is going to work for me.
1: Okay. So you found the right routine. Okay.
0: Love I that did. for you. I wanted to share in case anyone <laughs> needed a switch up for their bikini prep. I will try that.
1: Like, especially just, you know, you don't need to wax everything when you're wearing yeah. a bikini, just the parts that, like, what I'm talking about with the razor burn. Yeah, <laughs> no, I get rid really razor burn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: no, razor, because it, then it's so painful, you don't even want to wear a bikini. So I like- know, I remember,
1: like, I, uh, my dermatologist, I asked him about it, I'm like, because this is, like, out of hand, <laughs> this is razor burn, and he was like, you need to exfoliate, so that's why I do that, like, now before and after I shave, but it's not... It's not perfect.
0: Yeah. I've never had to exfoliate, but yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe try it on your next trip All right. and let me know what you think.
1: Okay. Maybe when okay. I come visit you in Florida.
0: Yeah, definitely. You can see um, firsthand results.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> we could talk hypotheses before. Yeah. Okay. We'll try different brands. It'll be like a whole moment. Yeah. We could, um, we
1: could have a lab. <laughs>
0: After our last episode talking about neighbors, I think it was our last episode, we talked about neighbor stories. It was so ironic. I We ordered sushi and I was going downstairs in the elevator to grab it and I was with this neighbor on my floor. We go down together and then I see him. He gets his like delivery first so then he goes up and I it takes a couple minutes for my delivery person to come and so then I go to the elevator and I can see that it went up to my floor so it only would have been him that would have gone there um it comes down the doors open i step inside and i smell the stinkiest fart (laughs) i've ever smelled in my life and it was too late the doors closed he got loose in the elevator literally he cropped us at the elevator i was like what a shitty neighbor who does that
1: like he thought it was going to be dissipated by the time it hit the floor
0: or i was like is he trying to be petty So he left me in his gas chamber. I literally took one big gulp and I just held my breath all to the ninth floor until the doors opened. (sighs) And then I breathed. Wow. You caught
1: him in a weak moment. (laughs) Oh my God. So I literally
0: wrote wrote down farty neighbor's story. I think the day it happened. So like almost a week ago so that I wouldn't forget um, the story I had to tell you. Thank you for sharing.
1: That was important. It was. <laughs> <laughs> and also, just a PSA to anyone who's ever farted in an elevator, and then they're like, oh, it'll go away. It won't.
0: It won't. It won't. And someone who's stuck behind you will, ha- will have to suffer the consequences. It was terrible.
1: It's like, you know, when you're sitting on an airplane. Uh, my, dad, my dad taught me this. Um, he always used to say, oh, I always fart on an airplane because the people next to you don't smell it. And I'm like, that is horrifying because that means the people behind you do. And I bet a lot of people know that, right? So they know it was you, sir, Richard. Well,
0: no, and you definitely smell it next to you. That's a lie. Like, maybe you just don't have that stinky of farts, but if you've got stinky farts, I'd smell it. It permeates. 100%. Yeah. The air isn't different up there.
1: I know. What is the What I'd like to know what his logic was on that. Like, only the people behind you smell it? Why would that be? Because you're moving in the air? No.
0: I don't know. I think there's just some old myths that's some old people stuff. generation yeah you know what my mom it's a weird old myth <laughs> my mom used to tell me when i was a kid she used to tell me that i could go swimming without a tampon in when i had my period because when you're underwater your body knew not to bleed what Why did you not uh-huh like in a pool i yeah she was like you don't need to wear one i was like are you bat shit yes you do she, oh. I, girl, yeah, Deb is just over here oh, eating up everybody's pools.
1: Damn, Deb, we're gonna throw you in the red tent.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I did not believe her from day one, and I always wore a tampon, but I just was like, "You keep believing that, there, sister." Okay, yeah.
1: you do your own science experiments. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I want to talk about this. Today was like one of the first hearings for the UAP Disclosure Act, and it was pretty crazy. Um, really big news. Yeah. So I was watching it. They had three witnesses on today that they each spoke for five minutes, and then they were questioned. So there was two a- two U.S. Navy aviators, so they're both pilots, and one intelligence officer who he was a co-lead in reporting on transmedium travel. So... We talked about this last week. Transmedium travel is when something um, travels from the water to the air, back and forth, what have you. And he also reported to a UAP military task force. So they have these wow. in the military. Yeah. Uh, and they basically, all three of them, just talked about like their experiences, what they've seen with their own eyes, what they've heard from... You know, fellow coworkers, and it's just crazy. Like they all, the craziest part to me is that they all report to someone, but they don't know who. And it's like everyone's experiencing these same things, but there's no centralized database. So like, you know, one person sees this tic tac. This is they kept talking about the tic tac today. Um, Mm -hmm. You one person sees this tic tac looking thing. And maybe they don't know that that's also been seen by five other people on shore, five other pilots, you know, commercial pilots. They would never know that because there's no centralized reporting system. So that's really what they were pushing for. Um, it was really interesting.
0: They also, I also saw that they were saying that there was still a stigma around yes. seeing these and talking about it, but there mm-hmm. are obviously so many instances and so many, um, military personnel that have had experiences with these phenomenons. And so I think that was also kind of, they want sort of some, some, some sort of community or camaraderie where at least we can acknowledge it. So it's not this like calling someone crazy for saying something that they've definitely seen.
1: Right. And they're looking for support, I think because so the first, the first witness that came up, Mr. Graves, um, he had said that they're everywhere. Like they're, UAPs are everywhere. It's known by commercial pilots, by you know the Navy, the Air Force. It's known that they're around. It's talked about, but it's not. They don't get training on that. And as a pilot, you need to know, commercial or not, you need to know what you're looking at. Like, is this an enemy that I'm seeing? So the conversations are being had with. People of similar rankings, hmm. but not between ranks, if that makes sense. Sure. Uh, and yeah. it actually doesn't make sense, but just <laughs> in the way I'm describing it, uh, it's it's insane. And some of the stuff that came out, you know, they, they can't, they, a lot of these, a lot of these guys, two of these guys can't give full detail on what they've seen just because they're still tied up in their own, like, whistleblower lawsuits and whatnot, but... The intelligence officer, they he talked about there's like crash sites and ships have been recovered. And the woman questioning him asked if a pilot was recovered from any of these crash sites. And he said, <laughs> This was all he could say, but by a lot biologics were recovered. And she said, Were they human? And he said they were non-human. So they have...
0: They have creatures Creatures. That they do not know what they are, mm-hmm. basically. Or yeah. we do not know. There is not a there is not a replica on this planet that they could consider. Even the tech. T-
1: the tech is, like, no. so out of their league.
0: Yeah. And it
1: always has been. Mm-hmm. And the questions that, that, you know, Congress was asking are just, like, were you even listening to them speak... I felt like they weren't even listening to a couple of the guys that, that weren't questioning them. Like, oh, you know, did you receive any backlash? Like, yeah, he just explained that I- I- explicitly, actually. Right. You weren't listening. Aren't you in the same room? Like, it was just so... I wonder if they're trying to dig for something specific. No, I think they just don't care. Like, Like, some of Congress just doesn't care. Yeah. And they should. And they kept asking that, like, why – there were a few people who asked great questions um, and pointed questions, things we want to know, but a lot of it was repeat,
0: mm-hmm. like, pay attention. That's how I usually feel about congressional hearings. Yeah. Wow. I I am so excited. Yep. This is incredible. I feel like, you know, like we said in the f- first episode about aliens, but there's just so much more to come. It's so amazing that – so much information just come in the past four years that this is finally being acknowledged. We're on the precipice of, precipice, precipice of it and you will be sure to hear all of the f- most recent updates on this podcast because this is something we are very passionate about. So yeah, we will, we will continue to report on this week. 100%. 100%. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Let's turn towards some Bravo news. There has been a whole lot going on this week, but I want to first start out and ask are you watching any of the current shows? Are you, like, up to date on anything? What's your current Bravo status?
1: I'm up to date on... I've only been... <laughs> I've basically only been watching the reports on filming, but I haven't been watching anything. Like, my shows are, like, Real Housewives of Orange County. Haven't been watching that. Okay. Real Housewives of New York. Haven't been watching that. I It's just, just because I've been traveling and whatnot, but I'm not caught. Nope. I am caught up on bander pump and like housewives of beverly hills but those aren't airing right now okay i wish
0: you would i would urge you to maybe try to watch new york because we're still early in so you can catch up really quick
1: okay i heard it was really good it's really good i'll give you my
0: peacock login if you want it i have i'm i actually just logged into peacock on vicky's tv downstairs Watch it. It's so so we can talk about it because okay. I just I think it's gonna be yeah. I think it's really refreshing and it's really interesting. So I think it, I think it'll be something fun to, to to cover. I'm
1: excited because a lot of I saw you know the cast is younger and some of them unmarried, which at this point in all these shows the women are seasoned. I'll put it nicely.
0: Yeah, totally. No, yeah, mature. Yeah. We'll say yeah. No, these people are like around our age. There's it's they're diverse. They represent New York. They said they said this themselves. They feel like they represent new york accurately i think the, um one of them i believe identifies as lesbian i could be incorrect on that but she isn't the queer space so it's just really great like you know we to go from like ramona singer to oh, brutal a, um like a black influencer like uh you know that's like one of the cast members i believe you know it's mm-hmm. just so cool like thank thank god we've got an update and um i saw i think it was on twitter someone tweeted uh andy if they're gonna do this with atlanta And he put big eyeballs because a lot of people are saying that Atlanta just needs to be completely shut down and rebooted and it's just, it's just too toxic.
1: Like, those women are now, like, the grandmothers of Atlanta, most of them, to be honest. Like, they've, they've, there's too much argument. All they do is fight. It's hard to watch. I
0: don't, I can't get into it
1: because I'm so sick of the fighting, like.
0: And it's what's there needs to be like a term limit on a housewife. Like after 10 Mm. years, you need to be removed gracefully because you're just it's just too much. (laughs) So, so you would want Kyle to be kicked at this point? Uh, Maybe there would be special, like, because she's not usually one of the people that fights, but you know, like Ramona, who's just constantly always been consistent, consistently Consistently negative, consistently. Uh, you know, politically ignorant. Yeah. Just like does not change, does not care. Like Kyle is out here trying to grow. Like she is not a controversial or a toxic person. I think it would be based on like toxicity, I guess, but like it should be a public vote. It should be a public vote. (laughs) That would be insane. It should
1: be a public vote. I, I, for sure. And the thing about Ramona that she stayed on so long is that she she is a bad person. We know that, but she brings the views because of that. Because people watch it, and it's like a shock value. Like, yeah, 100%. she really meant
0: what she just said. Oh yeah, no. So Andy, there is
1: that like entertainment aspect, but it also gets so old.
0: Yeah, I uh, I watched an Andy Cohen interview and he said that people always ask him what the Real Housewives are like in real life, and he was like, "What you see on the show is what they are. They are not putting on an act. This is just them." So. That's why they're on TV. Yeah, and take that or leave that with whatever you feel about them. But goodness, could you imagine meeting Sonya in real life? Like, amazing, but chaos. (laughs) Pure chaos. You remember the episode where her dog dies, Marley, and she's,
1: like, spreading Marley's ashes. Marley's ashes are just coming back at her. That is, like, the epitome of Sonya Morgan. Just pure. She got pickles there with her, her assistant. Her intern, pardon me. Oh yeah, always her interns. Always the interns with the names she's given them, never their birth name. Unpaid. (laughs) Unpaid, right. (laughs) Unpaid and working their nuts off. Harder than anyone on the show. (laughs)
0: Learning valuable life lessons.
1: (laughs) (laughs) How to cater to a neurodivergent drunk. Who's usually half the time? Oh, I'm not drinking right now. I'm only doing celery juice. I'm on a juice cleanse. I'm like, okay, <laughs> got it, Sonia. You can't mix vitamins.
0: <laughs> all right, Vanderpump rules. Take it from here.
1: Okay, so first of all, Vanderpump is officially Emmy nominated. And the cool thing is that all, you know, the people on this show are on this show because they wanted to be actors or actresses. That's the whole thing with Sir, um, where they all started working and they're being Emmy nominated for being themselves, which is so that's amazing. It is. Yeah, it's honestly beautiful. So a couple more Vanderpump updates. If you... Recall the Lucy, Lucy, Apple Juicy scandal of I want to say 2013, 14.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I will give some backstory here Um, on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Dory Kemsley, she got this puppy, Lucy, Lucy, Apple Juicy, and she got it from Vanderpump Dogs. And then it came up that basically she had. The dog was found in a shelter and not given back to Vanderpump dogs. It was this whole thing. She said the dog bit her, bit kids, whatever. She, still, the dog should have gone back to Vanderpump dogs. She didn't return it. It was a whole ordeal. Now, this has happened again, 2.0. Raquel, I should say Rachel, but at this time, she was Raquel. When Raquel and James were together, engaged, they got a dog. His name was Graham. He looks a little bit like Bennett, by the way, Kate. Don't associate them. I know, but he's a good dog. Uh, well, he was a good he was a good dog. He was a good dog. Now he's fucking traumatized. I don't
0: know. No, they said at the beginning because I'm watching. I just watched the season where she got the dog, and they all said that this dog is not very well behaved. You have to train a dog. You don't just get a dog and you're like, oh, it's not well behaved. Like that's just who he is. It I doesn't know. work I, like that. I know. And the 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 shots of him pooping on the floor, I just was like, oh.
1: Right. Like you have to train your, you train your dog. Like a dog isn't, oh, he's a bad dog. He's a bad dog for life. No, you'd fucking train them or you don't. Right. Mm -hmm. So anyways, fast forward. That was a few years ago. Fast forward. Graham was given to this doodle shelter uh, for aggressive behavior. Raquel's mom, Rachel's mom has come out and made a statement saying that, you know, he bit her to the bone. It was bad. I also saw, though, that this doodle place doesn't accept aggressive dogs. So I don't understand why they would accept Graham if that did happen. Mm -hmm. Or maybe they weren't being honest with the doodle rescue. Anyways, the doodle rescue then wanted to give him up because he also bit somebody there. Wow. And James was then had heard about this. So he ended up getting the dog back they are renaming the dog. The dog is now Hippie. And at first people were like, that's crazy. You can't just change a dog's name. But I did do some research on this. And for dogs that were often scolded with their name, when you're trying to retrain them, you need to reassociate. So changing a name at a time like this actually makes so much sense.
0: I think it was a good move. I think This dog needs a fresh start. I totally agree with you that the dog is what you make of it. And exercise, I have a doodle. I know how much exercise they need. I know how much mental stimulation they need. I know how smart they are. And in an apartment, like,
1: you have to take that dog out a lot. I have a doodle, too. It's, we are walking.
0: We stay walking. We go for walks. He gets antsy. You can't just... I play have fetch a dog every single apartment. day with my dog. I play fetch for that mental stimulation and for like the running. He just needs it. He is a different dog before and after we play fetch or go for a long walk where he gets to sniff and do dog things because they are, they had a purpose. They were bred for working. That was what a toodle was. They used to be water hunters. Um, and so they have a lot of energy and they are so intelligent, um, but I also, like,
1: think of it as yourself, too. Like, I, I, as a human being, I need exercise. I need mental
0: stimulation. I need all these things as well. And it's the same way with a dog and I think like um, I follow a lot of dog trainers because I took training my dog very seriously and I am very it, it's just very important to me that my dog is a happy healthy well-rounded dog they just said could you imagine living a life where you don't get to make most of your decisions you don't get to choose what you eat you don't get to choose when you go out you don't get to choose most things like you know dogs we love dogs but dogs don't necessarily get the best lives that we think they do so if this dog was kept in a small apartment and not given the things that it needed it for years then I I understand why it's acting out and has um, negative associations with people right
1: and i also think it's kind of funny that uh, you know raquel is now she has officially changed her name back to rachel and Graham mm-hmm. is now hippie so it's like just all these name changes
0: yeah i'm really interested to know why she chose to do that i don't like i i would think i think she was embarrassed like it
1: came out that that was her name rachel is her name
0: yeah But she kind of stood by that decision and, you know, if it really was 26 years ago or whatever it is, you know, when she was in her childhood. She's also having
1: to reassociate some of her behaviors. Totally. So I I wonder if that is a part of it. That's what
0: I was wondering. I I was wondering if she feels like this kind of, like, Raquel version of her is the person that she doesn't want to be anymore. So she needs to kind of, like, revert back to Rachel and, like go, you know, kind of drop this persona or whatever she wants to consider it. Who, who did these bad things? I don't know.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I also think that this is going to be like, this is a way to get the cast members to film with her. Mm -hmm. Um, The dog stuff just because people love dogs and James loves that dog. You could see him, you know, she had to tell him, that they weren't going to co-parent, like, with the dog. And he was upset. He loved that dog. Mm. So I think this is a way to get people to film with her because I don't see any of those girls or James or Allie, like, wanting to do that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm I'm sure they still don't want to, but this is – they have to.
0: Yeah, and I think I'm sure there's also a part of them, you know, as crappy as this sounds, but they know what sells. They know what the viewers want to see. And right. they want to keep their jobs, and they want good ratings, and they want to be Emmy, nominate, um, Emmy nominated again. So, if filming with Rachel is going to increase those odds, although it may be painful, but guess what? It's going to be good drama. Oh, it's going to be good drama! I'm very excited to see. Also, Schwartz.
1: How about Schwartz? His Joe. He's filming with Joe, who Joe. I don't know if you remember at like that.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. roommate, roommate Joe, yep. who
1: he had said was like just his friend. Obviously, he's not.
0: Oh, are they together? Is this
1: official? I think so. Like, at the end of last season, Katie talked about it, like, that she thought something was going on. Sure. And, yeah, he's filming with her. Like, just, they don't typically bring people in just because they're roommates. Right.
0: Oh, my gosh. I had the biggest ick I was watching. I don't know. Whatever season it is, after, like, Jax and Brittany get engaged, it's that next season. And it was like, it's right when Tom and Tom are in Tom, Tom and actually doing it. <laughs> Tom Schwartz said ambience instead of ambience. <laughs> and I had the deepest ick inside of my soul. And I was like, that's it. I used to I'm think, done. I think, you know, sometimes I think he's cute and sometimes I feel bad for him, but you know what? He doesn't even know how to pronounce ambience. I'm out. <laughs> right. And like you're a restaurant owner, sir. Right. That's what a- you know that. Right. You're in hospitality. Like there are some For a long time. Right. You're not new here. Right. Like things you should know in hospitality. The word ambiance. How to spell hors d'oeuvres. You just need to know that. How to spell Caesar salad correctly. You just need to know that. There's just some certain things that yeah. after years in the industry, you pick up. Ambiance should be one of them. He doesn't pick up on much. He does not. He is a dud. Sorry, Schwartz, but you're a dud.
1: I know. It's so – Did you? it's just so crazy watching him because sometimes I I feel the same way. Like, sometimes I think I like him. I'm like, oh, he's funny and cute. And then other times I'm like, he's so stupid it hurts. Yeah, I just
0: don't know if he's that smart. That's what I really think it is. I think he's just, like, really not that bright of a bulb. And his niceness kind of covers for that. Like, if he was not so sweet, I think – I don't think he would make good TV.
1: Yeah, he has this – This way about him where even if he's in the hot seat or something, he can kind of just like,
0: oh, I'm sorry. He's also really good at non-confrontation. He'll be like, you're right. I am this. You know, he always, he's very good at like agreeing with the person who's frustrated with him so that the pain gets over faster. I feel like Katie's really taught him how to do that.
1: Because she's so confrontational. I'm sure he watches her and he's horrified. Oh, I think we got to find
0: somewhere in between. I'm really surprised they ended up together. Like I like you guys know, I don't I don't spend a lot of time watching this. This is my first time ever. Really? I don't understand how they work. They don't make sense to me at all. And I also just.
1: I felt like he was her punching bag and then Mm
0: -hmm.
1: he cheated on her or like made out with that girl and so I feel like that made her want him a little bit more.
0: Sure, because she's like, "Oh, someone else wants him, yeah. so then I should want him." Sorry. Mm-hmm.
1: And then I felt like they were just staying together because they should. Like when they got yeah. married, when they got married, they get engaged. It's like, why?
0: And then they bought the house. I'm in the season where they just bought that. They all bought the houses like within a couple blocks of each other, and they're right. all super similar.
1: Mm-hmm. The COVID houses.
0: So turning towards Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. We have had a little bit more come out about Kyle and Mauricio. Um, She went on Amazon Live and talked about their relationship. What did you feel about it? So I didn't
1: watch the whole thing. I Basically, I heard Kyle make an excuse about her. She talked about her ring. She said, you know, there was a picture of me seen without my ring. By the way, there was a lot of pictures of her seen without her ring. She was hiding her left hand. But it would make sense for what she said. She said that she stopped wearing her ring because she was lifting weights. She was going to the gym and it was leaving a callus and she didn't want to break Mm -hmm. the ring, basically. Um,
0: I get that, but she's always worked out. Like This isn't new. I think also coupled with some of the other things that came out this week.
1: Yeah, I I want you to talk
0: about it. Okay, so... I don't know as much as you, but mm-hmm. I do know <laughs> that Andy Cohen called Maurice a single to Brin, the new um, Real Housewives of New York cast member. And she's very flirty. She is very open about being flirty and kind of mixy. Yeah, and like so- he,
1: I saw that too. He asked her, he's like, so who do you think the hottest husband is? And she go, She said, Mauricio. And Andy very quickly was like, he's single. <laughs> like, he will be paying for that.
0: Yeah, Andy is messy for that. That is, I think Kyle is probably very pissed at Andy for saying he that. He said
1: it without even a, a, a beat. Like, it was his first reaction, which, you know, makes you yeah.
0: think. And uh, Kyle alluded to we will know more once the season airs about their relationship again. They're really, I think... I think that's what I'm picking up is everyone's just alluding to watch the season. You're going to find they're out pushing about the it. season. They yeah. are pushing it. And so I wonder if this is like a little bit of storyline with a little bit of validity. I wonder if it's kind of being hyped up. I don't know, though. Yeah, I agree.
1: I don't picture them giving us what we want on this Mm-mm. season either they're at all. I think, no, no they're, they're, they're teasing it. It's going to be... <laughs> You know, the fluffed up shit they're going to show us. Kyle's only going to show us what she wants us to see. She's going to control the narrative because she can. And she's still doing that now before it even has aired yet, before yeah. we even know anything.
0: <laughs> right. And I think people forget that Kyle has been in this business since she was literally a child. She knows how to spin the narrative and how to get things removed from the media or added to the media that she wants. I mean, Kathy Hilton is her sister. Right.
1: It also kind of makes me want to watch it less, though, because half of the housewives' allure is just how authentic they are. Mm -hmm. And the fact that she's like, I don't know. It's all calculated. It's all calculated. And it it turns me
0: off a little bit. One thing that I wanted to talk to you about, Jenny, after spending some time with my grandmother and my parents in close – quarters, I really started talking to them about like this idea of happiness. And I think it's become super evident with like Gen Z, um, the differences that our generation has with holding jobs and keeping jobs. Uh, And so I kind of... D- Notice Boyd and I were talking about this that it seems like my grandmother's generation she was born in like 1932 so right after the depression her generation was like just like about surviving like just like she was a f- one of seven that was, so was very was my normal my grandma back then it was like keeping- and it was
1: just about keeping yeah just about like keeping a roof over their head and food in their mouth like.
0: They, ha- they worked and they did what they had to do. And so I think her generation was really about surviving and just like keeping the seven kids alive. And then my parents' generation, my parents were born in the 60s. Their generation was like trying to do a little bit better than that, like private schools or second homes or RVs or, you know, like I my, my parents grew up with like jet skis and stuff like that. And that was like a really big achievement in, in that time. And so then I think kind of switching into our generation, we are more about happiness and fulfillment versus just like what we think is going to be best for us, like college. Right, like what we think we should do.
1: Mm-hmm. And I also will say they their wage, like they used to make a lot more money. Yeah. And could buy a lot more fun things. Now it's like you can work 100
0: hours a week and you're still barely... <laughs> affording a regular life. No, it's like sad to say like, you know, I used to have a dream of like making a hundred thousand dollars and cause that felt like a lot. It, it's yeah. still my dream. I'm not there yet, but, um, I will be, uh, but it is not that much money. Like a hundred thousand dollars is not going to get you that far anymore. And that's really scary. Like, I don't know where our country or the world is going to go when it comes to inflation, and the cost of goods. It's wild. I,
1: I, so I had a goal of making a hundred thousand dollars also. And then I realized like, why do I have these goals? Like what will, what will be different about me when I'm making a hundred thousand dollars than I am right now? How, why will I feel different? Mm -hmm. Will I feel different? No. (laughs) And I, it's like, I used to have monetary goals and then I kind of realized, so also something about me is I, I started a software engineering company I'm a software engineer and I was working my nuts off. I was pulling all nighters regularly once a week, sometimes twice if I had to, because I thought that that's what I had to do. That I've had this goal in mind of like making money. And I thought that you needed to make money and have all these things and buy a home and do that to be happy. And then I realized like, I'm fucking miserable doing Mm. this and I'm missing out on my life. Like, it's not about that. It's not about all the things you have. You have to enjoy where you are while you're there and, like, these little goals that you set or someone set for you.
0: No, and your everyday. You have to. Like, right. It's, I, I, for me, it is vital that I enjoy my everyday life. Like, I can't. I used to have a job where I used to dread going in. Um, and COVID, Think th- you know, COVID made me change quit that job and, and look for new opportunities. Mm-hmm. Cause I just didn't want to be in that. I didn't want to be in, in that industry anymore. I didn't, I was working like every weekend I was doing a hundred weddings a year. Like I just, I didn't enjoy doing that. And it was way too much work for not enough money. Like I used to work like 16 hour days and get paid the same that I would for an eight hour day. I was like, this right. is stupid. like why am I what? putting on all this overtime for who? Right. Not for me, not for my health. And like, you know, it's like that lie that they sell you that it's like going to improve your resume or whatever. Guess what? My boss does not care that I work 16 hour days. He does not care. Nobody he cares, cares if I can get projects done. No. Um, and I, I saw this thing the other day that it said, um, having a manager that you like is much more important than the salary you get paid. And yeah, I don't know if I would have always agreed with that, but after being in the workforce for like seven years now, I do agree with that. That is vitally important to, I think, workplace happiness is having a manager that you either trust or that you don't despise and that you can kind of believe in and that you work well with. Because I had a manager that I really did not vibe with. And also who sees you. Mm -hmm.
1: Like a lot of managers just see employees as employees And they don't see all those extra hours and whatnot. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, literally, Um, I was supposed to be on PTO today, and I had to work because of um, all the stuff going on with my job. And my boss said, "Take a day next week that you'll make up for this because you're picking up slack when you don't have to." You know what I mean? And yeah, he recognized mm -hmm. that, and it's and that means a lot. It goes so long. Like I used, I my one of my first jobs um, in college, I was working at a country club, and my boss still one of the best bosses I ever had in my life. He would, you know, we were teenagers, college kids. So like money meant a lot. So he would add extra hours to our paycheck. If we pulled, if we pulled big shifts for him and we came through, he would add 10 extra hours on our paycheck just to bump us up a little bit, you know, just to give us little bumps here and there to say thank you. And it, it, I worked that job for seven years and every single day I went in with a smile. I loved that job.
1: My sister worked there too after you and she loved it also.
0: They switched management, but before that, she was so happy there. Yeah, no, the working environment is so important, and I think it really plays into, like, you know, I don't – I would rather get paid a little bit less and have a really great working environment versus getting paid – like you know, whatever it is, if it if it, the difference between is seventy five and ninety thousand dollars, I don't really see that as a major difference. But if we're talking forty five thousand to ninety thousand, of course you're going to choose the ninety thousand dollars job. But I think just day to day happiness is so important. Whereas our parents would kind of like put up and shut up um, a lot more than we would. Right, because it's just what they do. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I I've heard my dad say that.
1: Like, what do you mean? You just go to work. I'm like. Yeah, you do just go to work, but you also get to choose where you go to work and who you work for. And you don't have to stay at a job just because that's your job.
0: <laughs> like, right. and You, I you don't have
1: to stay. You don't owe them anything.
0: <laughs> and I'm valuable. Like, you, you know what I mean? They'll like, replace you in a second and you can take your value elsewhere. Right. Because everyone is replaceable. That is one thing that... um I got very humbled in high school when I was told that, but everyone is replaceable because they are, um, and so you should def- definitely be working somewhere that you feel valued. It is, it, like why wouldn't you want to be somewhere that you that you, feel like you're needed? That's 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 great. That's a great feeling.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I have like repressed these memories, but before I started my company, I was working for, this vet company, and I when I first started working there, I loved it. But then all of a sudden, I was in charge of our software, which is we use Smartsheet as the platform. And I was like working two jobs. I was a financial analyst and I was also building all this software for other parts of the company. And my boss would not give me a raise. I like we had so many conversations where he would be like, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll do that. We'll do this. But nothing was in writing and nothing ever happened. Like I got us through a merger. I remember I was working like, these crazy hours for two weeks while we had to, you know, give over all our financials and whatnot. And he was like, Oh, you you know, you'll be, you'll have stock in the company. That never fucking happened. And when we, when COVID hit and we were working from home and I was working crazy hours, I remember I came home and like my mom was like, Oh, I'm working from home today. Her working from home was like her sleeping till 10 you know, check her email. Meanwhile, I'm working from home. I'm fucking working my ass off every hour. I'm up, like, I was up at 7. I would be working until 9 or 10. And my boss called me one day, and he was like, had a list of complaints for me. He's like, um, in an email you sent last week, uh, you asked this person this when we already had it. And it was, like, very specific, which obviously was, like, my coworker, who I thought was my friend, also wasn't my friend was like writing these little things down. And I'm like, first of all, shut the fuck up with that. Because instead of coming to me and saying like, you keep messing up, why don't you say something going on? And I would say, I am overworked. Like I'm working two full-time jobs and you're not, nobody's seeing it. Like I keep Mm. asking for help and telling you it's too much. And he kept
0: telling me like, oh, just don't do that. But then, you know, these are, like, President- expectations are set. So how do you expect me to just drop things that I've been taking on for months? Uh, or do you and have also, someone in, pl- in place that's going to take them over? Exactly. And people would come to me and be like,
1: oh, he said you need to get going on this. And I'm like, meanwhile, I just had a meeting with him. And he's like, don't do that. But he's sending people to me saying, like, you need to get this done, this and that. And it was it was just, like,
0: so toxic. it was actually
1: disgusting. And when I left, I- he told me that <laughs> this is so crazy. He told me, he was like, so I, I had set a date. I had, I gotten all these job offers and I told him, I'm like, listen, I, uh, I need you to write me an offer. Like, this is where I want to work. Obviously I want to be here. I like the company, but I need you to give me an offer in in writing. Like, just so I can like, look at these 15 other offers and say, I chose this. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's the day of, and it five o'clock passes. And I'm like, that is so crazy. So I sent him an email and I said, Hey, we're going to have to cut that. We cannot say his name. Sorry. Um, but Um, So I sent him an email that afternoon. I said, hey, sir, you know, you missed my deadline. And so this is my resignation. And he called me on Monday and he yelled at me and he told me he doesn't like having a gun held to his head. He doesn't like being held at gunpoint. He doesn't respond well to that. And I'm like, meanwhile, I... I, I what are we talking about? What, gunpoint, you've known about this deadline for weeks. I w- I'm not even asking for anything crazy. I just wanted you to put it in writing. And that's when I quit. I was like, I'm Good for you. out. And fuck Good for you, you too on the way.
0: <laughs> mm. Do you feel like, I feel like I was really sold this, um, this belief that I was going to have to like work, work extra hard. Work, work, and, work, and I, work, work, work. And I know that it's just kind of hustle culture really is prevalent right now, but I want to believe that it has something to do with our gender. 100% if
1: I was a man, it would have been completely different. And I know that for a fact.
0: Yeah, I do too. Because I see how hard, how hard I work and how hard I've worked in past jobs compared to my male counterparts. And I feel like I'm always busting my ass. Giving
1: everything I have.
0: Yeah. And I really learned from my last job because I used to be the person that would always raise their hand first. I would always be willing to take on more. I was always like, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. Although I could take it, it was a lot. I was not getting fairly compensated for the extra tasks that I was taking on and it didn't get me anywhere. It didn't get me a promotion. It didn't get me big pay raises. It just got me stress. And when I took my current job, which I am very, very, very happy with, I really kind of learned I am eager and I'm willing to take on work, but I am not necessarily the first person to raise my hand and take on work. I'm also very reasonable and tell my manager, if I do this, this is going to be pushed or this is going to have to be adjusted. I advocate for myself deeply with this new job because I think so many people fall into the trap that you did of being taken advantage of, and you and you're new, and you feel like you
1: have to earn your way, and they they tell you that. Your my boss was saying that. You know, you have to earn. You got to earn your stripes, like things like that. And I'm I'm like, earn my stripes, bitch. They're earned. I I just remember too that they were valued. Their company was valued like way higher because of all the software I built. And that's when I realized I am being taken advantage of. Oh yeah. No, I I mean, but you do think when you're young and it's your first job, you have to prove yourself and this and that. But
0: you know, I think there's a little bit of that like you can't you can't feel like you're above certain tasks at work, but if you are continuously no, taking but on you more don't work, have
1: to be taking on all these extra hours and all this extra responsibility for nothing. You need to be compensated right. for that.
0: And I will say for me like I got I took on the extra work when I did my international contract and so I took that and but that led me to many different ways so if it's an opportunity that you feel like is going to pan out and really bump you up because it did like I, you know I was but if 24- you think it's going to get you into the boys club it won't no and who wants to be part of the boys club no not fucking me
1: at my company it was like not that you want to be a part of it but if you're in with the boys then you're making more money mm. they look they look
0: at you different they talk to you different interesting yeah I just don't even think I would I well I don't know I guess I guess it depends on like how you define voice club because there's obviously like a and I say that it's like any executives (laughs) right yeah okay okay so it's like yeah like I totally understand wanting to be close to your manager and being liked by your manager like that's totally me like I you know I go above and beyond for my manager because he's the person that decides if I get a promotion or not Mm. but um like, putting up with, like, toxic behavior and, like, shit that you don't agree with for years and years and years. Like, why? Because there's other jobs out there. You may yeah. not believe so, but there are. Like Right. When you're in, in it, it
1: feels like you're stuck there, but you're not. There's tons of you're other not. jobs, and you don't have to put up with anything
0: that and you don't feel I,
1: comfortable with.
0: And I used to tell my parents in high school, I used to say, I want a job where I can, you know, tr- travel and, and not have to go into the office and get paid well and, you know, have good company mm-hmm. culture. And they used to tell me I was crazy. Guess what? Hitting all those That's boxes and more. what you do. Literally, like yeah. my, you know, there are companies out there that have learned that their values are their most, Im- their most valuable asset. Like employees matter, and they want to keep you, and they want to keep you happy.
1: Right. And if you feel, you know, that you're just, just remember that you can. all there's always another job. Mm-hmm. I think people feel stuck in that in that way of like, oh, this is who hired me. It does feel an honor sometimes to be hired, especially right out of college. Yeah. You know, not an honor, but it's just so exciting. Like, oh my gosh. You know, and it's just, you could get a job, another job.
0: Yeah. I think it would just, I think it kind of ties back to our last episode. I think it was when we were talking about like your dreams and what's important to you and things that are in the back of your head. Like if, if you are waking up most days and not looking forward to opening your computer or going into the office. Like you need to take that into consideration because mm-hmm. although I'm not like skipping down the stairs excited, you know, like I like my job, but I'm not like, you don't, dread it's not it. my passion, but I'm, I'm happy to go. I'm happy to work. I'm happy right. to do the tasks. I enjoy my day-to-day life. Um, and so I think that that should be our standard. And unfortunately it's taken our generation to really kind of bring that to light, which seems insane because you know my dad said the same job for 30 years and he has not liked it for as long as I can remember and I've begged him to go to new jobs but he is fear-based and lives in fear that he is not good mm-hmm. enough for another job.
1: Sir you have 30 years
0: experience we can right put that on the resume. And- <laughs> Right. And you know, like old. I know older people don't feel like they're valued in in the workplace and maybe they're not as much as they should be, but they possess managerial skills that I don't possess. They've got patience Life. that I don't possess. Life skills yeah, that I just s- haven't situations. been in yet. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Um, and so, yeah, if you're feeling stuck, I just encourage you to dream. That's all.
1: Agreed. And I also want to say that things don't change unless you do. So mm-hmm. if you're feeling stuck and you're dreading looking at your computer every day, you have to change something. Like, what will it take? How unhappy do you have to be to change, to change what you're doing, right. you know?
0: Right. And if they haven't proven that you're important to them yet, whether it be a person, a partner, a friend, or your workplace, why haven't they done so? And what does that say to you? If someone shows you who they are, believe them.
1: Yeah, right.
0: Because they're not lying. (laughs) Like,
1: it always, they're, you know, the truth always spills out in one way or another about a person's true self, about a boss,
0: a job, whatever it may be. It always comes out. Yeah. A company. Sure. Yeah. Oh, one, I'm going to end on one thing. If a company ever tells you in the interview process that they are a family,
1: run. I know because then they're going to try and hold you, you are out not of guilt. Family you're members. not family members you're here for a paycheck
0: literally you're paying my bills i'm not your freaking family i don't want to be your family that's crazy i don't th- i'm not here for friends i have a family <laughs> i'm good and even if i don't i don't want yours so cheers <laughs> happy uh, this soon to be monday everyone yeah. we hope you have a great week um, we might have some things brewing We may be talking behind the scenes on something. And one thing I I forgot, I should have talked about this in the beginning is we have an Instagram. So please go follow Gabby Girls Pod. We are going to be posting posts per episode, we think, once we get up and running. Um, And we're just really excited to kind of be taking this to the next step. So yeah, follow us. um, And we hope you have a great week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. That's another episode of Gabby Girls. Thank you for listening. Make sure to comment, rate, review, and subscribe.
1: Let us know what you think of us and the topics we talk about. We're not
0: for everyone, and that's okay. Bye, Jen. Love ya.
1: Bye, Kate. Love you more.